Hey guys, this is just a disclaimer before you start my podcast. My show is based on my and my guest's opinion, and you might disagree with some of the things we will say or talk about. Some of the topics might also be triggering, so before you continue the video, make sure you read its title and decide if you are comfortable with this episode. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy. everyone, welcome to Talks with Erin. This is episode one of the brand new podcast that I'm starting. It has been so surreal. I literally just bought all my podcast equipment like a week ago. It costed me like $80. It was actually pretty cheap actually. But just to let you know... I do not have the best equipment, um, so when I will be speaking with guests, like today, um, it's mostly going to be done through long distance, so through a phone call, and those equipments are like really expensive to have multiple mics and to connect your phone in the podcast as well, so I'm basically just going to be talking on the phone with them and putting my uh, phone into the mic. So the quality might not be the greatest and I apologize in advance for that. Um, Obviously it depends on the signal of the other person and how loud they're speaking in the phone. I mean I tried it out last week and it seemed to work fine. So yeah, but I just wanted to let you guys know that if you hear a difference in tone and in volume, it's because I'm putting the phone in the mic. So yeah, let's get started. So for the first episode, I thought I would pick a topic that hit a little close to home. If most of you know me, you know that I have a younger sister, she's eight. Her name is Kaylee, and she has a genetic disease called cystic fibrosis. So my guest today is going to be my mom. And she is basically going to be telling everyone her story, what cystic fibrosis is, how you can help, and her daily struggles. So let's call her right now. She has postponed this for like three days now, so hopefully she picks up. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. How does it feel to be in my first episode? Um, cool. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, like I said in the intro, we are going to be talking about Kaylee and cystic fibrosis. Alright. So, can you tell everyone what cystic fibrosis is? Well... Because I didn't know at first until I had a child with cystic fibrosis. Um, 
but cystic fibrosis is the most common fatal genetic disease affecting Canadian children and young adults. There is no cure uh, right now. CF, when people hear of CF or don't know much about CF, they pretty much think it affects just the lungs, which in fact it doesn't. It affects the digestive system, so it makes it hard for um, them to absorb fat and nutrients. So that's why usually people with CF are like really skinny. Um, they have a hard time absorbing the fats, um, and that's why she has to take enzymes for that, which helps to absorb the nutrients and help absorb the fat. Also, it does affect the lungs, so they tend to produce a thick mucus. So like us, when we have a basic cold, you know, no big deal, but for them, it could take a very long time to go away um, because they have a hard time getting rid of the mucus. They're prone to sinus infections, a whole bunch of stuff, but usually the digestive system and the lungs. So Kaylee has it in the intestines right now, and it's starting in her lungs too, right? Um, yeah, like since, since she was born, she, has, she had to take enzymes because they realized that she wasn't absorbing her, her food. So that, you know, that's your, your pancreatic, hence the enzymes that she has to take. And she does have a couple spots on her lungs. So that's why every day we have to do, I call it tapat mather with, you know, so if you want to call it beating of the chest to clear her lungs and to help get rid of the mucus and, you know, to help get rid of it. That's very important. So that has to be done twice a day. A lot of younger people or adults, anybody really, uh, usually use like this vest that hooks up to a machine and it helps like, I guess it like vibrates and stuff. Uh, Kaylee doesn't have that yet. They say that it's better just to do it by hand. Yeah. Okay, I have a quick question. Okay. We've both watched uh, the cystic fibrosis movie, Five Feet Apart. Do you think that's a good depiction of cystic fibrosis? Um, to a certain point, I guess. People with CF do have to remain apart from each other because um, each CF person carries different bacteria that can make the other CF person sick. So it is very important to stay away from each other, at least six feet apart is, you know, what I'm told. So, yeah, like all the medications that you see in the movie and the stuff like that, that's all true. Uh, Kaylee doesn't take half of that, but um, I'm sure along the way, you know, things will change. She has started a new medicine. It's been a couple of months now, and it's called Orcambi, and that is for her specific gene mutation, uh, Delta F508, which is the most common gene mutation in CF, but there are, I think, like 2,500 different types of gene mutations for CF. But this medicine is supposed to help correct the CFTR gene, and in the past couple of months, she's gained weight. She seems to be hungrier, which is a good thing. 
Uh, we went for a one-month checkup not too long ago, and this medicine can affect the uh, liver, but according to uh, the test results, her liver is still doing good. It hasn't been affected. And we did another sweat test, which is one of the ways to find out if your child has CF, because CF uh, people tend to lose their salt uh, faster than normal people, which when Kaylee was younger, if you would like lick her, <laughs> which sounds stupid, but <laughs> if, you, if you would lick her, she would, she would taste salty. Uh, so this sweat test, anything above, I think it is 59, like, you know, it goes from zero to whatever number. So anything below 59 uh, you do not have CF, and if it, anything 60 and over, you do have CF. So Kaylee's sweat test, her numbers were 119, if I, yeah, around 119, and within one month of starting this new medication, she is down to 79. Whoa, that's so good. Is, that's like a huge improvement uh, in just, you know, one short month. So hopefully, as she keeps taking this medicine every day, twice a day, hopefully, you know, her her numbers will keep going down. There is no cure for CF, so this is one of, like, the next best things to it. The closest thing we've come to a cure. So, and this medicine yeah. is very costly. Thankfully, my husband has uh, insurance benefits because this medicine costs $250,000 a year. That's crazy. Yeah. You, you would think um, it would be free. You would think, but, you know, the um, the drug companies and the pharmacies all have to make money, so yeah. why not, you know, yeah. At it's least it's really working, though. If it wouldn't be working, then it would be, like, a waste of money big time. <laughs> well, that's why uh, that's why we had the one-month checkup at the, uh, at the CF clinic in Sudbury. They do all these tests, you know, to make sure that she's still in good health. And also the insurance company gets results of these, right? Because they want to know that it's working because it doesn't work for all people, right? Yeah. Every individual CF person is different. So, you know, one could have severe CF. The other, you know, some people don't have to take enzymes, don't have all these medicines and just have mild symptoms of it. So... That's why the insurance company wants to know that if it's working, because if it's not working, why do they want to pay $250,000 a year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, do you know if, like, what the percentage is, I guess, of people with CF who need, like, lung transplants? Like, do you think Kaylee will need a lung transplant eventually? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. I guess things can change from day to day right like um yeah. so far so far this medicine is working but like i say it doesn't work for everybody and there are other specific gene mutation medicines like kaylee but i'm, I'm not really sure i'm not really sure because um, i think i lung transplants only last like 10 years too right which isn't a long time so if, like, you get a lung transplant at 25, your lungs are only good until 35, and then what, you need new lungs again? 
pretty much. Like, that's um, that's a hardcore surgery. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, you know, I've seen, I've seen, I follow, like, some cystic fibrosis pages on, on Facebook and uh, whatnot. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's a tough go. But I guess, you know, a lung transplant is one of the last resorts. Yeah. And even though, even though, you know, first of all, it's hard to get lungs, like a lung transplant. And even though you get a lung transplant, you know, maybe a year from now, your body could start to reject it. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily mean that, oh, yay, you're good to go. I've talked to a couple of people who've already had like their second lung transplant and they're under the age of 30. So I guess it just depends on the individual themselves. That's scary. (laughs) So hopefully we won't have to go down that route. But I've learned with this disease that one day at a time. Yeah. Um, it's hard, it's hard to plan for, for the future because you never know if she'll get sick or, you know, um, one day at a time. That's what I've, I've come to, uh, to teach myself so I don't lose my shit per se. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) It's, it's something, you know, when, when you, when she was first born, everything was so overwhelming and what the hell why did this happen to me? Why? Why am I given a sick child? Why? Like, why, why, why? And it's, you know, there's a whole bunch of things that you have to learn. And it's hard to digest. But like I say, I've learned to just go with the flow one day at a time. That's my motto now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good motto. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Can you explain how, like, the genes work? Because I went for uh, the genetic testing, and I do have the gene. So if I would want a child one day, I would have to make sure that the father would does not have the gene, because then I could pass on my gene and his gene, and then my child could have cystic fibrosis. So can you explain how that works? Okay, so... Obviously, uh, for a child to have cystic fibrosis, each parent, the mother, the father, they have to have a copy of the gene mutation. So it's pretty much a 25% chance that your child will have CF. So one in four, let's say. So that's how Kaylee has CF. I carried the gene. Dennis carries the gene. So we both gave the... Um, affected gene to Kaylee. So that's why she has CF. You are my child. You had the blood test. You do carry the gene. But you don't have any symptoms of CF. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty much a one in four that your child will have CF. And then it's 25% chance that you just pass down the gene. So Caden could also have the gene as well. Yes, um, which is our middle child. He, we, we had him tested for CF. He does not have CF, but he's, he's only, you know, he's only 10. So um, we haven't had him tested to see if he carries the gene. But, you know, we'll do when, we'll worry about when he's older. Like, you know, there's no 
need really to know right now. <laughs> um, but it is a good thing to know, you know, if, yeah. if you want to have children down the road, like, because people with CF have a harder time conceiving children. So, because, you know, knowing things that I know now, which, you know, if I would have known that I carried a copy of the gene mutation and my husband carried a copy of the gene mutation, we wouldn't have had children together. Just who, who wants to have an unhealthy child? Like, who, who wants to make their children suffer? Um, but obviously, that's something that we did not know. So, but yeah, it's, it's you know, it's good for you to know that you carry the, the gene. Uh, it would be good for Caden to know if he carried the gene because, yeah, if you do want to have children, then you have your partner tested. And if if they don't carry it, then you know that your child won't have CF. You know, you can just pass along the gene. Next question. <laughs> so how did you find out that Kaylee had CF? Because I remember you had a test in Timmins and... I remember the doctor saying that Kaylee was upside down in your belly, which meant that you had to go to Toronto to do further testing. Um, okay, so how this came about, I went to see my doctor for my regular monthly my monthly checkup. Um, Hi, Kaylee. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, so the doctor was feeling my belly and the baby had turned around, which usually at about 36 weeks, the baby is usually in position for like delivery. So head down. Um, she had like turned around a little bit and um, my OBGYN, he's like, oh, well, we'll send you for an ultrasound. So I found it kind of weird because, you know, babies in the belly tend to move around often anyway. So. I didn't think anything of it. So I went for the ultrasound, and then the doctor called me and said, oh, I kind of see something, and I'm not sure, so I'm going to send you for another ultrasound. So, of course, now I start freaking out because no pregnant mother wants to hear that, oh, you know, we see something. So I went back for a second, second ultrasound. I went for a second ultrasound, and... Sure enough, the doctor calls me back and he says, okay, yeah, I see something and I'm not sure. So we're going to send you down to Toronto to see a specialist because obviously they're better um, equipped in Toronto as they are, as they would be here in Timmins. So I went to Toronto, which I was thinking I was going for an overnight, you know, sleep at the hotel, go for an appointment, come back home. So, I uh, go to my appointment, and they seen through the ultrasound that she had a, her intestines were blocked, So she, which means she has a, oh my goodness, I can't think of the word right now, her, her intestines were blocked, which meaning she couldn't poop. So, I guess that's one of the first indications of cystic fibrosis is common. A bowel obstruction, there we go, it just popped into my head. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I was told that, okay, you're staying here. We are going to induce you. You're going to give birth to your child, and we're sending her to sick kids, and she needs surgery. 
So, you know, every mother's worst nightmare, something wrong with your unborn child. So I ended up giving birth. They sent her to sick kids. And she was two days old, and she ended up having a surgery uh, to un- to help to try to unblock her intestines. So she had tubes everywhere coming out of her, her stomach, her nose, you know, everywhere. And help with the newborn screening, you know, they, they take some blood. And it is with the newborn screening that they do test for cystic fibrosis now. It's um, a law that they've passed in Canada. So because it is common, right? The, the blood test took a couple months before I knew that she had CF, like through the blood work itself. But they did do the uh, sweat test to determine that she did have CF. And you could just tell too, like her, she, she would drink milk and then her, you know, she would just poop. Like it would literally go right through her. Um, that's why she had to start taking enzymes to absorb the uh, her food. But yeah, so through the sweat test and then eventually through the blood work, we knew for sure that she had CF. So we spent the first two and a half months there at Sick Kids just to get her all ready because she was having problems, you know, eating and all that kind of stuff. And so we ended up leaving with a G-tube in her belly, which is another surgery because she wasn't eating properly. So by mouth, she wasn't eating properly. So the G-tube is a tube that goes into your stomach. So we would, we were able to feed her through that tube when she wasn't orally taking anything which was a big help you know uh she doesn't have that anymore thankfully she only had that for about a year but eating is always an issue with cystic fibrosis uh people they tend to not be hungry and that's why most of them you know they they have like big bellies and their bodies are really skinny because they're malnourished uh most of them so yeah that's my story. <laughs> <laughs> and how was your experience at uh, the Ronald McDonald house? Because when I had came and visited you, uh, I had stayed there for a few days as well. Uh, that is like the most awesome place that parents and family could go stay at when their child is sick and they have to be in hospital. You know, it's a low cost. I think it's $15 a day, but it's a beautiful place. You, you, you know, you have your room, you have a kitchen area, you have laundry facilities and it's, you know, they have uh, companies and different organizations that go into the, the Ronald McDonald house. I think it's twice a week where they cook a meal for all the people staying there. So, you know, when, when, you're, when you're at the hospital all day taking care of your sick child, the last thing you want to think about is, like, going back and, you know, cooking a meal. That place is like a godsend. It helps out so many families. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's a great place to help, to help families who, like I say, have to, their children are in the hospital and it's a home away from home. They were they were extremely a big help. It's a great organization. It definitely yeah. changes your perspective because even just walking into sick kids for the first time 
Like, it's depressing seeing all those kids under, like, 15 years old dying. Even in Kaylee's room, there was, what, another baby and another girl and she was around eight years old and she was just having seizures every five minutes like it's so sad and depressing it is sad it is sad to you know and you always think that you have the worst scenario I guess right like you just think oh my situation is horrible and yeah you walk in there and you meet other people who have it way worse off than what you do I met a couple who their child was only, I think, three years old, and he was in there having his second open-heart surgery. Yeah, it's it's very sad to see children sick. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's very, it's very depressing. Um, but, you know, you, you see these children and, and their families, and you, you hope the best for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's sad. Very, very sad. So how can people help people with cystic fibrosis? Um, well, there, there is a Cystic Fibrosis Canada website. You know, they're, they're also on Facebook. Uh, there's different cystic fibrosis chapters. Every year, there is a cystic fibrosis walk, which happens in May, which is Cystic Fibrosis Awareness Month. This year was a little different with all this COVID crap. It was a virtual walk, but normally we, you, you make a team, a team captain, you have people who, you know, donate to your, your webpage and stuff like that. And all, all money goes to Cystic Fibrosis Canada. You can donate anytime. You can donate monthly, I think, to the uh, Cystic Fibrosis Canada. You can donate to Ronald McDonald. I, I think they're, you know, if I would win the lottery, I would donate to Cystic Fibrosis Canada, Ronald McDonald Charities, and Sick Kids, you know, because they've helped us a lot through through all of this. And obviously, there is no cure for CF yet. So hopefully, Haley can grow old enough to see a cure because people with CF tend to not live a very long life. Um, I think the um, the medium age in Canada is 53, if I'm correct. But so, 30 or 40 years ago, it was like in the 20s, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Um, way back when, before they even knew what CF was, children weren't living very long, you know, a couple of years. But since then, you know, we've come a long way with a whole bunch of new medicines and yeah, because I knew a, a kid grew, growing up, you know, he was he was very skinny and he was always sick and he did, I think he only lived to the age of I'm gonna say twenty, but I I do I do hope because they've they they have come a long way since the beginning, so hopefully they they find a cure hopefully soon sooner than later. Yeah, would be, would be awesome. <laughs> So, do you have anything else to add? I think I've pretty much covered it. I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think I've pretty much covered it all. You know, one day at a time and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for being my first guest of my new podcast. 
Well, what are moms for, right? <laughs> moms yeah. are good for like so many different things, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to say hi, Kaylee? Hi, Erin. Hi. Say hi to all the listeners. Say hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. How old are you? How old are you? Seven. But it's your birthday soon? Yeah. When's your birthday? September 5th. Oh my god. (laughs) 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 Okay, bye, Kaylee. I'm starting fourth grade. You're starting fourth grade? Third. Oh, third grade. (laughs) (laughs) Aaron. (laughs) Bye-bye, everybody, and Aaron. Bye. (laughs) She had to put her two cents in there. (laughs) Of course. <laughs> of course. Never a dull moment with this kid. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for today's podcast. I would just like to say thank you to my mom for being the first guest of my new podcast. And I hope you guys have a better understanding of what cystic fibrosis is. And if you have any questions, you can always message my mom or me, or you can go on the cystic fibrosis website. Thank you, and I hope you enjoyed the first episode!